You're listening to Radio Primavera Sound, proudly presented by Cupra. Welcome to Radio Primavera Sound and welcome to Line Noise. Today we bring you an interview with singer, songwriter, producer, filmmaker and all-round renaissance person Nia Archives, an artist who is on the front line of the jungle resurrection. Or did it ever go away? Anyway, Nia is brilliant and I got to speak to her ahead of her Barcelona DJ date earlier this year. We spoke about jungle inspiration, Doc Cotton and the love of the Amen. I wanted to, the first thing I wanted to ask you about, and we talked a little bit about of this uh, off mic, is that I'm, you know, uh, someone who enjoyed a lot of jungle and, and rave back in the 90s. And I'm fascinated with how someone um, of your generation, like what kind of relationship you have to jungle and rave? Is it like something you grew up with? Or was it something always in your life? Yeah, so I'm like of Jamaican heritage, like I'm half um, English, half Jamaican. So I grew up, grew up with like sound system culture and jungle as well. Um, my introduction to jungle was actually in my nana's living room. So yeah, I've like grown up with it and um, I feel proud as like a new gen junglist to be able to push it forward and like tell the story of what's been before um, with the new spin, definitely. I'm vaguely fascinated and vaguely depressed. You said you said your nan. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, she's she's a junglist, I guess. Yeah. Uh, your 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 videos, which are really excellent, um, have been described as nostalgic rave style, and I'm wondering if it's possible. Can you be nostalgic for something that you weren't alive for? Yeah, that's that's a great point. Um, I definitely I can understand that because I wasn't there, but I love old school jungle I love particularly like um, my visual influences like prodigy videos like they are massively influenced by the prodigy visually um but yeah there's definitely like that nostalgia for a time that I wasn't even born but yeah I don't know <laughs> speaking about your videos you are I believe producer singer songwriter and filmmaker and you make your own videos how important is it for you to have all of those aspects covered Massively. I'm not a control freak, but I love being in control of like my art and like um, I produce my own tracks, sing on them. And I feel like when I listen to music, I'm like really visual. So it wouldn't feel right for me to get someone else to like create my vision. So like when I make videos, like, I'll write the treatments. And my last video, I actually edited myself as well and like directed. Um, it's just fun, really. And like people can kind of get in my head and see and feel how I feel when I listen to my music. Again, do you think this is kind of to do with people of, of your generation who've grown up with music as a very as a very visual thing, as kind of YouTube and things like that? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I grew up, um, I'm like the pre-iPad generation. So I grew up like with MTV and like seeing all these iconic music videos like Massive Attack and like even someone like Sade and I particularly love um, Sting, Englishman in New York. Like that's a wicked video. Um so I think me growing up in that era definitely makes me want to make these like iconic videos and like music that will be around in 10, 20 years time, you know? There have been before um, jungle songs with, with full songs on them, but not all that many, um, which, is, which is what you do in many cases. And what you do feels really, really fresh. But how did you how did you hit on that style? 
Um, I mean, I definitely have to credit my influences. I love Ronnie Size. He's a massive influence for me. I love the whole Represent era. Um, but I think that um, the reason why I started making and singing on Jungle was because I was making like boom bap hip hop before I was making Jungle, which is like quite ironic because like Jungle comes from like hip hop and like uh, breakbeat kind of stuff. Um, but I was making this kind of like down tempo, depressing music, <laughs> if I'm being honest. And I was just like, I need to like, I want to be able to dance to my music. So I made like a conscious decision to like go from 80 BPM to double time. So 160 and that's like the jungle tempo. So that's kind of how I like found my feet in that. Yeah. <laughs> Is jungle the British hip hop? Mm, I don't know. Jungle, jungle's the British jungle. I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. That's kind of a uh, very much a soundbite I was going for. <laughs> no, yeah, all good. Well, on your Bandcamp, um, it says that you make soft-hearted lo-fi jungle for introverted extroverts, which is, a, which is quite a lovely description. Yeah. <laughs> Care to elaborate? Um, I've just got to big up Emily Gale for that <laughs> lovely quote there. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely, I feel like my music... Um, is a mood and it like soundtracks the different aspects of life. So maybe you won't listen to it. You could listen to it raving, but you could also listen to it in the pre's, like before you go out and also the come down of after you've been out, um, kind of hits those different moods. And you call it future classic too, right? I want it to be a future classic. That's why I'm like, I'm putting it out there. <laughs> I think it's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was looking at the cover of the Forbidden Feelings EP today. Um, and there's various people on the cover, like Chemistry and Storm, Grace Jones, uh, Burial, uh, and also Doc Cotton. <laughs> oh, <I see. laughs> is that like a, a pretty accurate roundup of your influences? And if so, what is Doc Cotton doing there? Um, I grew up watching EastEnders, and I just think that she's such an icon, like a British icon. I love her. Um, and yeah, like in the and the artwork, I made it myself actually. And like, I just wanted to like show my influences. Like there's pictures of my brothers on there who are like my loves and like my grandma Liz is on there. Burials Untrue, which is one of my favorite albums of all time. Um, Grace Jones, an amazing black woman, Angela Davis. Um, Maya Angelou, who I actually like, um, the first song on my EP is actually named after her. So I just kind of wanted to like, share with people bits of myself also bits of black history because my audience is quite diverse so it's like if you listen to my music like it's just a bit of context behind it and why i'm why i'm the way that i am you know the maya angelou track have you had a lot of people saying that they've you know read her since because of that track um not necessarily <laughs> maybe it will happen but i've had a few people who were like i love her and like they felt proud that I like representing my community in that track. You said once that um, you love all genres of music, including guitar-led ones like indie and, and rock. Um, have you? Uh, it's always surprised me that there's not been like more rock jungle crossover. It's never really happened. Like, there's not really other than. Um, the kind of Brazilian DJ Patif um, samba jungle. There's not really been guitars on jungle. And I love guitars. It's like one of my favorite instruments to listen to. So I love, a lot of my tracks have guitars in them. I love sampling them and also like getting a few tracks I played in, a few tracks my friend James has played in as well. So I just love that fusion. And I like to think of my music as a bit of, of a melting pot of all the different genres I like. Like I grew up listening to like Rage Against the Machine and like 
reggae, hip hop. So you can definitely hear that in my music for sure. <laughs> so you're, you're DJing tonight uh, as we speak. Um, what's your DJ set like? Rowdy. <laughs> it's a bit Larry, I would say. Um, a lot of energy, a lot of gun fingers, um, a lot of jumping up and down. Um, yeah, it should be fun. I can't wait. How's it been like um, going across? Because it's quite interesting. You, to my mind anyway, kind of came really big during the pandemic when obviously no one, no one could did come out. Did you see like a massive change in, in sort of, you know, your first gigs post-pandemic? Everyone was like, wow, there's, lo- there's loads of people here and everyone was going mad. Um, I guess so. It was the first time I've ever gigged. I've only been DJing for a year. So I've this is all just new to me. It's like a just fresh experience. Um, but it's been amazing because obviously I make music for the rave. So it's really cool to be able to play it out. And I love raving. So going back after two years off, it's, it's been wicked. Yeah. What, what clubs or raves inspired you? I love Rupture in London. I, I actually lived in Manchester for quite a bit. So I used to go to a lot of hit and run events and stuff and like Antwerp Mansion and I was a bit younger, but my favorite um, jungle rave is definitely Rupture. So good. It's like amens all night. So <laughs> I was going to ask about this because you, you lived in Leeds and Manchester and now you live in London, right? How do you think like the different places have influenced you? Massively. I mean, I'm like, I'm definitely a northerner. It's still in me and my accent's going a little bit, but <laughs> I'm holding on to it. Um, but no, I think like living in different places is inspiring. It's a part of my journey and my story and it definitely makes me the person that I am. Um, I wouldn't change it. <laughs> and who, you mentioned Ronnie Size, but who are your, your other biggest influences in Jungle? In Jungle, um, I love Lemon D, Remark, who's like the king of Amen. I love Pache, Nucky. Um, loads of people, Chemistry and Storm, DJ Flight. I could go on, really. <laughs> and tell me about the EQ50 programme that you've been on. Yes. Or are on, sorry. Um, yes, yeah, so I finished that last year. Um, my uni tutor actually told me about it. Um, it's basically like it was a mentorship for um, fair representation in drum and bass because it's, it's a bit of a boys club, so... It was like trying to um, give an opportunity to women and non-binary people to work with like labels um, in the jungle scene, which was amazing. But for me, I wasn't really bothered about the label aspect. I was more like interested in like being uh, around women and who had the same passion as me. And just like, it was kind of a sisterhood, a community. Um, And my mentor was DJ Flight, who's like one of my biggest inspos. So it's been really cool to like, just get to know her and like hear her story of like being a black woman in the jungle scene. It's been really cool, actually. I, I really enjoyed it. I'm glad that I've done it. Is it is it changing from being a sort of boys club these days? I think slowly, but surely, definitely. Like I know my gigs definitely attract a more diverse um, crowd than your typical drum and bass rave. Um, I get a lot of girls at my gigs and a lot of black women have started coming as well because I think they see me and they see themselves in that space, um, feel safe for them. Um, so I think it is changing. I think the more people that uh, represent it and different faces um, will definitely change the way that a rave looks. Cause like in the nineties, it was so mixed and diverse. And I think it'd be amazing to go back to that. Cause I think diversity is really interesting. You are, or you were studying music production, right? Yeah, I was. <laughs> Cause that, that fascinates me. Like I look, listening to, your music is so well produced. 
I can't imagine you going into uh, a lecture and somebody kind of saying, well, you should produce it like this when with your camera. I mean, <laughs> what was it like? Um, it was interesting. I did two years foundation and like I have to big up community music because like it was a really small uni. It was like 60 people in my, my whole year. Um, and I got a foundation degree and I did go on to do a third year to get my BA at <laughs> Westminster University. But like you said, like it just didn't really work for me. Like I'd already was pretty doing well in my career and I was getting like quite negative advice. I'm just gonna be real. Like there was like, oh, you should get a LinkedIn and like um, just, just some kind of dodgy comments about my music and what I should be doing. And I ultimately trust my gut more than I trust a lecturer, if I'm being real. Um, so I dropped out this year, but I did get my foundation certificate. <laughs> get a LinkedIn. Yeah, they was like, if you want to make connections, you need to be on LinkedIn. But I'm pretty sure it's 2022, not 2010. So you once said, and apologies for quoting back things you've, you've previously said. You said "Forbidden Feelings" was the best track you had made. Um, firstly, do you still think that? And is that like the one track you would play of yours to show people what it is you do? I, yeah, I still think that. I think I'm really proud of that track. It's one of them tunes, I don't know how I made it. I just made it. And like, I think I made it at like three o'clock in the morning. So I could never ever recreate it. But like, there's so many elements in there that I'm really proud of, particularly the drums. I think they're sick. And like, um, I sampled Columbo, which is like a 70s show that I used to watch with my grandma. Um, and I think it's amazing. Like, I love it. So I definitely would show people it. Yeah. Honestly, when you sample Columbo and Jungle, you got me. That's. <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask as well about, um, you wrote an open letter to the MOBO organisers uh, this week, um, paraphrasing, calling on them to basically recognise electronic music again. Could, could you tell us about that? What? Yeah, so um, I wrote an open letter to the MOBOs after reaching out to them privately. I got a kind of generic response from them and I just felt like, for me personally, um, you know, MOBOs actually stands for Music of Black Origin. And so I find it really interesting that they choose to represent certain types of black music, music of black origin. And like electronic dance music is music of black origin. So it's, it's such a big genre that has so many subgenres um, that I find it crazy that they don't represent it. And like, I think it just um, pushes a narrative of what blackness is. If you're black, maybe you like drill or you like rap. When in reality, black people like rock music, they like jungle, they like house and techno. And I think that should be recognized. And I think that they should take responsibility for not recognizing it for 25 years. They used to be a jungle category, right? Yeah, in the 90s. Yeah, there was. Um, Goldie actually won uh, Best Jungle Act um, for Timeless. I love the 90s. <laughs> Um, and what, what, what's next? I mean, I've noticed recently you, your your star seems to have really, really risen over the past kind of few months. Um, what what have you got planned? Have you got like, I think of an album or another EP or what, what's the plan? Um, got a couple of singles coming out with um, some really cool collabor collaborators that I'm really excited about. Um, and I'm currently working on the next EP, which has been really fun just to get back into like making music again and definitely an album on the horizon. Um, but I'm just really excited to have my first um, proper uh, summer of festivals. Like I'm doing some really exciting festivals. So yeah, looking forward to that. It's going to be amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me.